Well, I guess the story starts when I was 19 years old. I just took an ordinary routine shower one day and I lathered and rinsed like usual, just balling my hands as I worked down my, well, what was at the time, long, silky hair. And that day I felt a fullness in my fists that was not so ordinary and not so routine. So I uncurled my fingers and what I found was countless strands of my hair tangled in clumps. Over the course of a few weeks, fishing clumps of hair from the drain became part of that ordinary shower routine. I was diagnosed with an autoimmune skin disorder called alopecia, which results in partial to total hair loss. At first, I did everything I could to change it. Well, I knew I could never reverse it or make the illness go away because there is no medical cure, but I could keep it at bay and maybe even grow my hair back and sustain it with treatment. So submitting my scalp to 23 corticosteroid injections administered by a doctor became my new monthly routine. And without any resistance, I bowed my head to the needle, drenched it in men's Rogaine on a nightly basis, and used every cream and ointment that was out there to prescribe. But patches just kept appearing one by one and growing bigger every day until wearing beanies 24-7 to try and cover it up just didn't cut it anymore. I work as a horticulturist and have my own place now, but at the time I was a couch surfing teenager without a permanent home who worked at a movie theater and wigs that cost hundreds to thousands of dollars just weren't an option for me. I was able to find cheap cosplay wigs in the $15 to $30 range, but the material is just so plasticky and synthetic that they pretty much only look passable in fantasy colors, which isn't considered appropriate or professional in a lot of places. So I just resorted to shaving my head, and I wore head scarves during the non-winter months. A lot of people thought I had cancer at first, but when you clarify that it's alopecia, People can either be super accepting or more often say it's just hair, meanwhile looking at you completely differently and treating you with prejudice and judgment. I've definitely had my fair share of negative social experiences due to my hair loss. I've been harassed and called homophobic slurs. I've been told I was physically disfigured and undateable by people who had previously been interested in me. I've been pitied by people who commented, what a shame and what a waste of a body and was even held by the TSA at JFK airport for over an hour when I decided to travel with a headscarf. Because of course, a brown girl with a head covering must be a threat, right? Even when, I was even when what I was wearing didn't look remotely like any sort of religious head covering, not that that's something to target someone for in the first place, um, but that particular situation happened a lot at work too, where customers would pull their children away from me or switch cashiers so they wouldn't have to interact with me. But in the end, none of these experiences were related to my physical health. They're all reactions from other regular people who simply did not know what they were looking at. And I realized this disease isn't cruel. The stigma is. So after a couple of years of rebuilding myself, restructuring my life, and coming to terms with the condition, I sought a public platform on which to spread awareness and rebel against the notion that hair is a requirement for beauty. I applied to compete in the Miss USA pageant system and became a title holder for my town. My official title is Miss Stanford USA 2021, and I'll be competing in the Miss Connecticut USA pageant as an official state finalist. So I established myself here in Stanford as the neighborhood horticulturist lady, 
Um, but I actually used to model and compete in Miss Teen Connecticut USA prior to the onset of my alopecia. I had to leave that world because, of course, being bald and patchy isn't exactly in line with conventional beauty standards. But I don't believe alopecia diminishes the worth, value, or beauty of a woman or any person. Still, alopecia can be psychologically devastating for people, especially young women. And women especially tend to feel shame over their appearance and societal pressure to disguise themselves if they can afford it or stay out of the public eye altogether. Sometimes, no matter how beautiful a woman is on the outside and inside, she will never feel beautiful enough. I want to tell that woman that she is beautiful enough, not just to step outside, not just to step outside her home as herself and simply be seen, but even to stand proudly on the stage of an internationally recognized beauty pageant. I have an opportunity here to expand the definition of beauty and to publicly declare we are here, we are beautiful, and we are valuable assets to the community. And I fully intend to take on this responsibility and honestly think I'm pretty prepared for it, but it's not a responsibility I can take lightly. I think part of me knew intellectually that entering the pageant and competing without a wig was considered brave, but I didn't fully understand what brave really meant until I actually started doing public advocacy work and confronting the challenges involved with being so open about my disease. I think competing in a pageant with any sort of illness or glaring physical difference is walking a really fine line. Like I'm doing this to increase our visibility, but I need to make that visibility as positive and empowering as possible. Otherwise I risk soliciting pity rather than empathy. And pity would be the unhelpful, unempowering reaction to this cause. It's easy to do something like this. And if you're not careful about your narrative, have it turn into a sob story and start leaning on people's sympathy. And I don't want to inspire sympathy. I want to inspire hope and empower girls, the millions of girls with alopecia who feel like the condition is taking something from them, something more than their hair. So I'm being very deliberate about communicating that my alopecia is something I have and embrace, but it doesn't define me. My goal is to humanize alopecians by showing we're just people who just happen to not have hair. I want people to see that like anyone else, we all have individual qualities and characteristics that make us interesting to others. And I think putting myself in a position where I'm under the microscope and need to watch my choice of words very carefully is pretty daring. <laughs> I think I'm also learning that the power and will to push forward in the face of harsh public ridicule or general unsupportiveness is another facet of what makes this a brave decision. Someone messaged me trying to advise that I tone down the degree to which I show my alopecia in photos on my personal Instagram page. They made the argument that showing my patches was analogous to body odor in that perfume and the idea people can smell good naturally is also an unrealistic beauty standard, but that doesn't mean people accept someone not wearing deodorant as well as arguing for relaxed views on sexuality by flaunting a boner in public. Now, one of these is an assault on the senses, so much so that it's considered medically significant and there are occupations like, especially in the medical field, where staff are required to have no odor, even if it's from perfume and generally considered good because strong scents can pose a health risk to some people. Um, the second comparison is literally sexual assault. And to confront the fact that my 
medically induced appearance, which is shared by the same fraction of the population that has red hair, is just as offensive to some people as sexual assault, is definitely not an easy thing to grapple with and face publicly. But by far, the most painful comments come from the alopecia community itself, from people who have been so beaten down by the stigma that they're still struggling to regain their confidence. I announced my participation in the pageant in an alopecia group, and someone with alopecia said, bald is effing awful. Why would we state the exact opposite of the ugly truth? I just looked at that comment and thought, this is why. So hundreds of millions of people, so hundreds of millions of people with what is for the most part a superficial condition don't have to feel awful to the point of putting their life on hold so that this extremely common condition isn't known, isn't unknown to the world just because the population that has it is forced into hiding so that we can stop sacrificing our quality of life simply because people will tell you you are not beautiful enough to live. So I told her I'm not stating the opposite of an ugly truth. I'm stating the opposite of an ugly misconception and losing hair does not equal losing value.